solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering your favorite football team in the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime, John, some sports guy Hickman. And today's episode is brought to you by RunYourPool.com. Check them out today and you will get $10 off at RunYourPool.com by using the promo code Locked On. Welcome in, everybody. Today's episode, we will be joined by Brandon K. Scott. You guys know him. We love him here at the show from 610 Sports Radio here in Houston. Uh, so, Cody and Brandon, we have an opportunity to talk about the game. I wanted to talk about, you know, something that had been on my mind a little bit in regards to Deshaun Watson, the connection that he may possibly have with Davis Mills. And, it, it, you know, <clears throat> I'm sitting there wondering how many times Throughout press conferences, have we heard somebody ask a reporter, hey, what's going on with the Deshaun Watson situation? And as trained to do, as always, Casario or David Cully will say he's doing everything we're asking of him to do. He's coming up and, you know, we'll reevaluate or whatever. They may throw in a reevaluate, even though we know what it is. By the way, Cody. Looks like Philly is warming up to a trade, uh, you know. I, I don't think like, so. I mean, uh, the, the last time I heard anything between Deshaun Watson and the Philadelphia Eagles, apparently that was not one of the destinations that he wanted to go to. Now, that was before the season started. Here we are four weeks into the regular season. Uh, I, unless he wants to go there, I mean – at this point, I still think it's crazy that Deshaun Watson, given his off-field issues, still has quote-unquote wants, but I, I, I don't believe it until it happens. Right. But they've been saying for the longest now, he's been doing what we want. He's coming to practice. And, I, and I've been thinking about, we know Houston brought in Pep Hamilton to be the quarterback coach, passing game coordinator, and I think he's done a good job hand-in-hand working with Tim Kelly on getting that quarterback coaching and passing coordinator job down with Tyrod Taylor. And now we are expected to see Davis Mills and what he can do in his second start going against the Buffalo Bills. My thought as of late has been, what if Deshaun Watson's job, right? Because you're still paying him. What if his job has been two things? Don't say anything. Keep it quiet like he's done. But if you're going to put us in this situation, can you at least help out Davis Mills on the football field? Okay. And for me personally, you know, on on yesterday, you guys had an opportunity to sit and talk with some of the players and and Davis Mills mentioned how the game has slowed down a little bit for him. That's a good thing to hear out of your rookie quarterback, considering the circumstances that he stepped into, right? He's just in a worse situation as David Cully is. Uh, because this is not ideal. This is not coming of a place of immediate reset because you've just been you've just been bad. This is coming from well, the star quarterback now wants out, and then on top of it, everything that comes along with it. But has Deshaun Watson been playing that role of mentor for Davis Mills, getting him ready for the moment? And this is why I'm okay with saying I believe that's yes. That's the yes to the answer. 
uh, on multiple occasions, Tyrod Mills, other players, they have mentioned how Deshaun Watson, despite everything, has been a helpful hand to this team, Cody. And you've been around this team since July, right? Like physically around. Of course, you've been around them a little bit longer, but then they kind of kicked the Zoom and allow reporters to come back and be around their facilities, which is something great. That's what the media needs. A visual of what you want to talk about and write about, not just going off he say, see say. So you've seen it firsthand. How much has this son been helpful to their young quarterback, Davis Mills? And am I wrong for believing that his job right now, as of right now, as of what he's getting paid $10.5 million to do, am I wrong by saying the son watch his duty? It's to help that man get ready for the future and um, for the now. Um, to be honest with you, John, the listeners know you are not wrong. And look, this whole Deshaun Watson situation has been, of course, crazy. But there's one thing that the Houston Texans have been consistent in, and there's one thing that we have had the opportunity to see, and that's Deshaun Watson coming in every single day. We don't see him every day, but we know that he's there. Plus, there has been times, as <laughs> last week, as a matter of fact, we know Deshaun Watson was in the building because we actually saw him getting some work on the opposite side of the practice field. But there were moments where – we saw what our own times, mainly throughout training camp, when Deshaun Watson was out there on the field with his quote-unquote teammates, he was being an open book. I remember during the training camp period, I actually had an opportunity to ask Tim Kelly, you know, how much of a help has Deshaun Watson been to the quarterback room? Because even though he is not playing, you are still the offensive coordinator, mm -hmm. which means that, a lot of the stuff that you are implementing to Tyrod Taylor, Jeff Driscoll, Davis Mills, Deshaun already has experience in. And I, I remember the question that he told me was he has been an open book to the quarterback room. And he said, especially to Davis Mills. And that wasn't just yeah. talk because I remember throughout training camp, there was moments where <laughs> Davis Mills had one of them days. It's like, oh, my God, what did the Houston Texans get themselves into throwing like four or five interceptions? And when Davis went to the sideline, Deshaun Watson pulled them to the side, and you could see him actually giving pointers, pointing out, you know, how to look at Reed, how to look at coverages, and, and, and just actually showing him how to improve his chances of being a successful quarterback in this league. Plus – Deshaun Watson, from what we have been told, has been doing everything with this team except for, of course, practicing and going through game day routines, which means Deshaun Watson is in the meetings, which means yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty That's sure exactly. yes. he has saw things throughout, game re throughout film review that he is actually giving pointers to Davis Mills. So it's not you're not wrong if you want to believe that because at the end of the day, like you said, they are paying him for something. Something. I, something. I, 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 hey, exactly. I'm not giving you 10.5. And I love you, Cody. I love a lot of people. I'm not mm -hmm. giving nobody 10.5 million dollars, and I'm not getting anything in return. It's it's almost similar, and, and I kind of hate the I it's almost similar to, and I kind of hate to bring this up, but is it it is similar to a certain extent the 
John Wall situation that we got going on with the Houston Rockets. He's another guy who doesn't want to play with this team. He also wants out of Houston, but he's going to remain around the team. He's going to mm-hmm. remain on the sideline um, and be a part of the coaching staff to help the young guys like Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. And by the way, please go check out our guy, um, Jackson Gatlin, over at Locked On Rockets to learn more about that situation. But it's almost similar to what we are seeing the Rockets do, and they are paying him, I believe, like, 30 to 40 million <laughs> this right. upcoming season. So right. he he's going to have a little bit more of a voice with the Rockets than what Deshaun Watson do. But at the end of the day, to bring these back up, back around to Deshaun Watson, he has some type of voice in that locker room. Not only does he have a voice, and that's been documented, well documented. You have players who, uh, in the midst of what's going on with Deshaun legally, they've still spoken in favor of him. And Okay. Do we think Deshaun is a bad guy or he's made bad decisions? That's up to you, whatever you want to believe the perception is. However, we have seen Deshaun do some great things off the field. And we remember his rookie game check, gave that to the uh, staff, right? He's done things before. It's okay, hey, this guy may be somewhat of a decent person. And I think right now the decency of him is showing Davis Mills how to prepare for Sundays and Thursdays, and initially sometimes Mondays or Saturdays, whatever. But Deshaun's experience in that in that locker room, in that film room, and playing in the NFL at a high level, and playing in college at a high level, because remember, we can kind of take this back a little bit to maybe some of the simple things that Davis Mills didn't have the opportunity to get in college because he was unavailable. So Deshaun may be helping him out every step of the way, in film room, I think that's the biggest thing Deshaun can do for this franchise right now. Say, hey, my bridge has kind of been burnt for you guys. Uh, the relationship is strained to the point where there is no return. However, you do got to so – you get another baby. Hey, I'm out the house now, mama. I'm gone. We had our issues. But that new baby boy that's coming into this world, let me help him get ready in the eyes of what I see on the field every day, not in the eyes of what you see as, as a coach on the sidelines, in the press box. Like at the end of the day, I still got to read these blitz. I still got to read what's just cover two, cover three, man, or whatever it's going to be. And I think that's what Deshaun Watson has been doing for Davis Mills. And if that's the case, then I do believe that, you know, go ahead and give him credit where credit is due, whether you want to do it or not, because he should, his ass should be on the field, but he's not. He's still helping out the Houston Texans in one way or another. Hey, Houston sports fans, Texans, Rockets, baseball, Astros, and we get ready for the playoffs soon, that means you got to go drive down to the Minute Maid Stadium. In the midst of that, you may need to buy gas, and here's why I come in. With an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cent for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or baseball for MLB and get a bonus 25 cent per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free or use promo code touchdown for NFL or baseball for MLB to get $50, 50 cent rather, gallon per gallon cash back on your first tank. 
All righty, Houston Texans fans, we are back to the Friday installment of Locked On Texans, which means we have our guy, our brother, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. And I want to throw this in, and yes, I understand it's only temporary. The star of Sports Radio 16 in the loop. What's going on, Brandon? Man, I'm telling y'all, look, yeah, make sure, listener, that you find <laughs> somebody in your life that will dig you up and that will prop you up the way my man Cody Davis just did for me just now. <laughs> hey man, everything is good. Everything is lovely, man. I'm I'm enjoying the little bit of airtime that I'm able to get on in the loop and the sports radio 16, whatever I'm able to get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than more than that, man, I'm just, you know, happy for the opportunity to cover the teams, cover the local teams, the, you know, and obviously the Texas most importantly. I'm not really looking forward to this matchup this weekend because it's not a lot of hope. Uh, not a lot of uh, not a lot of optimism, not a lot of ways I can see the Texans winning this game, even though they've surprised me already, surprised me at other points throughout the season. But I am interested to watch one Davis Mills. <laughs> yes, sir. And I'm glad that you started talking about Davis Mills because, of course, we got to start your Friday Texans talk with what did you see from Davis Mills in the game against the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, so the best thing that I can say about Davis Mills is that it wasn't terrible. There was nothing, like there's nothing that you could say from watching Davis Mills against the Panthers that would make you alarmed or feel like this guy can't play, he doesn't belong here, or that he's a waste of time, which is something that I think I've suggested maybe unfairly and incorrectly over time, was that, oh, what are we really doing here? What's the point of this whole Davis Mills experiment? What are we doing? And I think what he showed you against Carolina is that there is something there. There is something to work with at the very least. Maybe he's not the future. Maybe he's not a franchise quarterback. Maybe there is a long way to go. I think definitely you could say that there's a long way to go before he's anything close to a finished product. But he wasn't overwhelmed. He was able to get – I mean, look, we're talking about elementary stuff like getting in and out of the huddle, uh, getting you know, getting plays off on time, not turning the ball over, which I think was a, actually a big thing. Uh, maybe the most positive thing that you can say about it was that he didn't turn the ball over. And when it was opened up a little bit, when they sped things up a little bit, he was able to help them engineer a touchdown drive. So there were a lot of things to be positive about, a lot of things to be encouraged about. And there was not one thing or any particular thing that was glaring that made you uh, be be super concerned. Uh, I think the worst thing that you would say is that you didn't see a lot there and there, there, there was nothing there to suggest that this is a guy who's going to be like a difference maker. This is somebody that's going to go win you a game. But to be fair, there's probably too much to be asking the Davis Mills at this point. Anyway. Hmm. Um, Brandon, you, you just finished talking about, you know, what is being asked of Davis Mills. And I do want to ask you this question because I am under the belief that Davis Mills, it's kind of hard to evaluate him because the Houston Texans was a little bit conservative in a play call. And I do believe if they did go out there and call the game, maybe not as if Tyrod Taylor was in the game, but if they would have just went out there and just let him run the offense a little bit more, the game probably would have been a little bit closer because there was some promise that I saw from Davis Mills. Do you think David Cully and the Houston Texans did Davis Mills a disservice by not letting him go out there and run the offense? I mean, I think more than anything, a lack of talent and uh, being unhealthy and having so many guys out hurt Davis Mills more than anything and an inability to run the football. Like, I I think that's really the most glaring thing 
about this team right now is that it's tried to, to, to rely on and put its identity into being a run team, a run first team, or at least to have some type of power run game. And it's just not there. It hasn't been there so far in these first three games of the season. And you figure that something like that, that would have been for any offense and any quarterback, but especially somebody like Davis Mills coming in with his first start. I mean, you go in there, it's your first start. You're playing against the defense that's the hottest defense in the league at the time. And you can't even so much as really run the ball. You can't even get that done. And, and I think, I feel like the, the, the easiest thing for him to have been able to do was would be to, to be able to run, to hand the ball off to Mark Ingram or to Lindsey or to David Johnson and to have the pressure taken off of him in that way. And so I, I actually understand why they would want to ease him into it or why they would be cautious. I mean, Cody, you were right there with me. We watched this guy in training camp and in preseason and in times where yes, it wasn't, sir. Like, wasn't like he necessarily looked overwhelmed, but he would do things, you know, he would take some chances or, or not see some things, um, lock in on, a, on his first read. There, there were just there were certain things that would happen make you think, okay, maybe – Maybe it's not quite there yet. Maybe he's not ready. And so uh, I think that the that the game rep and the flow of the game helped a lot with like where he were, was in terms of, of nerves and readiness uh, and readiness to play. Um, I think you saw it open up a little bit on that two-minute drive when they were able to score. And, uh, and uh, to me, it would have been better if they could have done more of that after the fact, if they could have shown, if they could have shown more faith in Davis Mills or taking more chances, taking more risks after that last touchdown drive of the first half, as opposed to just how they opened the game. I was fine with how they opened the game, but you look at that third quarter decision or that decision in the third quarter to not go for it on fourth down or kick the field goal. I mean, you got to be aggressive in one way or the other, right? Either you're mm -hmm. going for it, either you're going for it on fourth and four, and you put the ball in your playmaker's hands, you trust Davis Mills to make a good decision with the football, or on the other end, you get risky and you take the field goal. Um, just to, just to, the, the very next drive, either the, the very next drive or the drive after that, Joyce Lott goes out there and kicks a 53, just a, a field goal that was only like a couple of yards uh, less than what that one would have been. And my guy John Harris is watching it right there from – uh, from the goalposts and saying that thing would have been good from 70. So, <laughs> I mean, you think about it, you think about just all the ways in which they could have done anything other than not show faith in the offense. If, it's, if there's anything I'm disappointed about with the coaching staff is that uh, when there were times to show faith in the offense or, or, or to be aggressive in some moments, they they decided not to. Um, and so that's that that's my only thing. I like how they eased them in, but open it up a little bit after he shows you a few things. Please. Here we are, three games into the regular season. The Houston Texans are sitting at one and two. Wait, you want to uh, say one and three so bad? I know, right? <laughs> you, 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 you have already given up. You want to say one and three so bad? Yeah, I, I know because we already know the outcome of that game. That is why. why. But here we are. <laughs> but here we are, three games into the regular season. The Houston Texans are sitting at one and two. It had what who it could be a position group, it could be a player, it could be someone on the coaching staff. But is there is there anyone you have been a little bit disappointed in their performance so far to start off this season? I mean, the, the first name that comes to mind for me is is Philip Lindsay, and that's only because of the expectation. I thought because he was the youngest and man most, most recently productive running back, I sort of took it for granted that that was the guy that was coming in to be the starting running back and be the feature mm -hmm. back 
and that you would go from there, that Mark Ingram and David Johnson would would serve as more of a supporting cast to Philip Lindsay. And I couldn't have been any more wrong about that. That's not at all what his function has been. He's more of a kind of a plug and play guy and and honestly just hasn't really been all of that productive outside of, you know, the he has scored a couple of touchdowns, the one against Jacksonville, the really cool play design against uh, against the Browns in week two. And and he shows some vision and you know an obvious ability to to just follow his blocks and get down uh, and get down the field and make that happen. But other than that, you just really haven't really seen a lot from him and the running back group in general. I mean, if we're gonna talk if we're gonna talk about it, we can just use that that group as a whole. Uh, take let's just take the running backs and the offensive line as a whole and just the way that they've not been able to run the ball. If, if there's anything about the Texans that I, you know I don't really want to hear anymore is about how their identity is supposed to be relied upon and supposed to be contingent on running the ball. That's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, so I've been disappointed there. Andre Roberts is one who you think hmm. was brought in to be, you know, you're talking about a Pro Bowl return specialist, somebody who all he all his function is on the team is to be a return specialist. He does not bring you anything as a wide receiver. And I think that's understood. And you accept that as long as you're getting as long as you're getting positive uh, plays and, 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 and something positive out of him in, uh, in the return game, and you just have not gotten that. He turned the ball over, and I thought that was a key momentum swing in the game against Cleveland. Um, he loved to put against uh, against Carolina. That did not cost him anything, but, I mean, you don't ignore in uh, in victory what you would in defeat, right? Like, so let's say mm-hmm. that, that did cost him a possession. You would be ripping him for it. So I have been disappointed to see that Andre Roberts has not been the reliable specialist they said he would be. Um, early on, um, that's not to say you won't get right. Just so far, you know, it, it just has not panned out. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I think you got to look at Zach Cunningham as a guy who, while he's still a high performer, while he's still out here uh, getting tackles, I mean, that's what a linebacker does, right? Mm-hmm. Leading the team in tackles, I'm like, well, he's a linebacker, he should be tackling. That's that's literally what job is. There's a little bit more to it, especially when you look at a guy like Zach Cunningham with the physical that he has, the athleticism that he has. You figure he should be a lot better in coverage than he is, and he's just not. And I don't know if it's uh, awareness or, or lack of focus or lack of commitment to, to to improving in that area. I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you. But when you take everything into context, the fact that he had to sit out a quarter of a game, this is one of the, one of the highest paid players on your team, uh, one of the few foundational pieces that you would consider a foundational piece on your team, and you had to sit him out for a quarter and he still has not shown really any progress in uh, in pass coverage. I mean, it's really disappointing. So if I had to point to uh, to a few, I would say, you know, Andre Roberts, Zach Cunningham, and then just the overall inability to run the football. Celebrate the freedom of choice. Did you know Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone, okay? You got flavors like cherry, you got flavors like raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and I just bought a package of that myself. And the best part about it is if you haven't tried all the flavors or you want to kind of pick through and see which one is your favorite, go ahead and get that mixed box where you'll get two of each of nine flavors. Not only are beer bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Seven to 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar, and only 45 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavor, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry, that peanut butter brownie, or whatever you like. Bill Bar is also the official protein bar for the U.S. track and field team. Go to Bill.com 
Use promo code locked on and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on at billbar.com for 15% off. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast hosted and brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. You know what it is. We have our guy, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Brandon, you heard me stutter. You heard me stumble over the record. They won in two, but I'm already saying they're one in three, man, because I think this might be the one game this season that we know not, not only they're going to lose, but they might get demolished because I'm looking at this game, the Buffalo Bills. I've been saying it all week. They have averaged 39 points, has recorded over 700 yards, close to 800 total yards, and that was against the Miami Dolphins and the Washington football team. And this is the Houston Texans. Brandon, do you believe there is any chance the Houston Texans can go into Buffalo and get a win? I don't think it's possible. I'm talking about a zero chance. <laughs> I'm giving them a zero chance, man. And look, I'd love to be wrong about this one. You and was, me both, man. I was, I Wait, was wrong. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but if they win this game on Sunday, you talking about this would be a season-changing victory for this organization. I don't know about season-changing, but I'm rushing the field all the way from Houston. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even traveling to, to Buffalo and I'm rushing the field if they win this game, man. That's how wild it's going to be. Uh, but I just, I just don't see a scenario, man, just from top to bottom. There is not a single matchup, okay? So we don't even have to break down all the matchups. We can just say right here, right mm-hmm. now. There is not a single matchup in which I like the Texans over uh, over the Bills. So if you're, if you're talking offensively, do I like them to be able to run the ball against the Bills? No. Do I uh-huh. like them to be able to really pass? Even though I would like to see them open it up, and let's see what Davis Mills can do. Let's see how they can move the ball down the field. Do I think they're going to be be able to pass the ball uh, very well with this uh, very good Bills defensive line, uh, Tre'Davious White uh, as 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 as, 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 as their number one corner? They're really good at safety. The answer is no. So there's the offense. There's the offense. And then defensively, man, I don't know what they're going to do with Josh Allen. I don't know what talent we're going to get. Their best, I say this, Cody, their best chance at winning, if the Texans are going to win this game, here's how they're going to do it. Josh Allen is going to be the Josh Allen that he was in week one against Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Or God God forbid for their end, the Josh Allen that he was when they played here in Houston in that playoff game about two years ago now. One of my hey, favorite games of all time, by the way. <laughs> hey, look, if they get that Josh Allen, mm-hmm. then the Texans might have a shot at it. They might have a small shot at it. But if they get the Josh Allen that played last season, that was an MVP caliber player, and they did, if they get the Josh Allen that's played the last couple of weeks, especially, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. then I, I don't see how this defense is supposed to be able to keep up with Buffalo. Um, so, man... Should I even pick a score? Like I, I, I've been, I've been picking scores of this game. I'm afraid to on this one because I, I got, I got the Buffalo Bills on a blowout on this one. 
Yeah, man. You know, and I'm glad that you started talking about Josh Allen because I think a lot of people are a little bit conflicted on how to feel about Josh Allen because I do believe he is one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. I think it's debatable if you want to put him in top five. I don't think he's top five, but I think he's on the back half of the top 10. But He's top five talent. I would say mm -hmm. like like physically the things that he brings to the table, like the only thing that's keeping him out of the top five is himself. Mm -hmm. You know, his own decision making and things like that, which he's really gotten better at since since last year. So I mean, that's the only thing. I mean, physically, he's he, I mean, he's right there with. I mean, I I would put him right there with you know a Mahomes and a Rogers in terms of what they can do physically with the football. He's bigger than those guys. It's like it's almost like what if Patrick Mahomes was? I'm not saying he's good as Patrick Mahomes. It's like what if Patrick Mahomes was Cam size? That's yeah. Like it's, it's it's that type of scary thing that's going on with Josh Allen. I didn't mean to cut you off. But. Oh no no no, you good. And and I think that's what a debate from where how good is Josh Allen and how does he compare to the real premier quarterbacks in this league? But you mentioned something that I want to touch on really quick. You know, when you take a look at Josh Allen, do you truly believe that he is that talent? quarterback that can go out there and make any team better or do you think it's because over the last two seasons the Buffalo Bills has done a great job going out there getting Stephon Diggs going out there bringing in Cole Beasley you know actually building a a, a team around him and yes I understand every quarterback need a team and I kind of hate to use this for an example but you take a look at Deshaun Watson I mean this is a guy who lost DeAndre Hopkins and actually ended up being even better without him yeah, so and I want to be be clear too about that because that was a debate even before the season started after the, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't buy into <clears throat> excuse me I don't buy into the idea that because he lost DeAndre Hopkins suddenly he became better. I think what really happened with with Deshaun Watson is that the play calling got a lot better once the play caller who was there before was no longer there, and even though the the new play caller was built in the same was molded in the same image as the previous one. Um, I, I think that there was more of a collaborative aspect to uh, what Tim Kelly brought to the table as opposed to Bill O'Brien. So, so mm -hmm. just, so, so just there I, I, now, as far as Josh Allen and the town, like, I think, I just think that that matters a lot. It matters so <laughs> much who is around you. You said it that every, Oh yeah, most definitely. Team, like, like if you don't have nothing around you, like like, why is Matthew Stafford who Matthew Stafford is? I know a lot of people, he's, he's polarizing. A lot of people don't believe in Matthew Stafford. But I do think it's interesting if you if you think about what if, you know, what if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Detroit Lions and, and Matthew Stafford is with the with the Green Bay Packers, how much different? I'm not saying that you swap the guy that's the exact same career, but it is an interesting thought exercise to think about how much differently do they look if that's the situation. And so Josh Allen, I think it's a little mixture of both that he truly is one of those top end talents like mm -hmm. like you look back at josh allen in college and that there is no real significant college achievement where you look at it and say hey he did this at was a wyoming wherever he's come where he comes from and you say hey that's that guy it's all physical it's all potential in what you see with josh allen and he's realizing it now and it helps when you bring along a stefan diggs a cole beasley you know, you fill out the roster, you've got a, a defense to support him, you know, strong leadership with your head coach and your defensive coordinator, your offense, I'm sorry, your offensive coordinator and Brian Dayball and your defensive coordinator and Leslie Frazier. Like, mm -hmm. you got real good leadership plus good pieces around him. And so when you take a talent like that and couple it with 
with everything that we mentioned, I mean, it, it seems like it would be hard for that to fail. So, so all of that, all of that matters. And, and when you take it in its totality, yeah, he's he is a, a clearly, you know, one of the one of the better players in the NFL right now. Hmm. But I will give him credit for this is a guy who had got better with time. All he needed was time because rookie Josh Allen, we would have never thought that we will be putting him in the top five, arguably, you know, top three. I, I saw some people that had him in the top three. I don't think he's that high, but I've never would have imagined when you take a look at Josh Allen's rookie season, I never would have imagined we'd be talking about this version of him. But Brandon, really quick before we get up, get up out of here. You got to give me a prediction. You have to give me a score. What do you think we're going to be looking at by the end, let's say about 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon when it's all said and done? This is going to be an optimistic take. I'm going to go ahead and go 34-17. Mm. 34-17 bills. Now, I, I will say this. I, I just learned like not too long before you and I got on that the weather could be an issue in Buffalo. And I did not see that coming. I had not been paying attention to that or realizing that that could be a problem, but it might rain out there. So, oh, that, so, 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 so I'm gonna break the rules a little bit. If it doesn't rain, let's go 34, 17. If it does rain, I'll go 21, seven, but either way, it's going to be the, it's going to be the Texans losing in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. the, Bills, the Bills will win this game. Mm. And there you have it, Mr. Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 610. Ladies and gentlemen, we are sorry for all the background noise we had. You know, I was set up today. You know, you, you love technology, but when it's not working with you, it's not working with you. Me and Brandon tried to record earlier. It just wasn't working with us. So my boy Brandon had to go across the street to Starbucks and do this interview. But Brandon, hey, really quick. Oh, go ahead. I just want to shout out Starbucks for being a, such a good host. You know, <laughs> all the background uh, around me. I hope it's added some character to the show. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and who has not, who among us at this point in life has not worked out of a Starbucks? So hmm, especially like this, in that profession. Exactly. So I feel like this, this very moment makes the show all the more relatable. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brandon, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Yeah, man, I'm still at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow me for all things Texans and really any any Houston sports that you might be interested in even beyond that. Uh, in the B-Block podcast, make sure you subscribe to that uh, on Apple, on Google, on Spotify. And, uh, and yeah, and make sure you check out Sports Radio 610. Um, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere around the time with this dropping on Friday, uh, maybe you can fit this fit listening to this episode <laughs> hopefully somewhere around 10 a.m and 2 p.m either listen to it before 10 a.m or listen to it after 2 p.m or listen to it during the commercial breaks uh why are you listening to me on, on sports radio 610 but i'll be on in the loop on friday as well so uh so yeah man we we, we doing it big around here <laughs> yes sir and as always i'm your host cody davis please remember to follow me on twitter at cody davis underscore 24 once again that's cody c-o-t-y d-a-v-i-s underscore 24 and of course my co-host my partner in crime mr johnson sports guy hickman please be sure to follow him on twitter at some sports guy until next time ladies and gentlemen peace You are.
are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.